It's the herb at the end of the world. It's the herb at the end of the world. It's the time I took some time to heal. It's the time I took some time to heal. It's the time I took some time to heal. And I feel Welcome to another episode of Herb at the End of the World, and I'm really pleased to present an episode all about plantain to you today, which is not the banana, but rather <laughs> the herb that's low to the ground, green, herbaceous, demulcent, uh, soothing, cooling, drying, stringent, drying, um, and so many other things. And today I'm really pleased to present an interview with Andy Webb, who is an astro herbalist based out of uh, Maine, who is up to really big things in um, cultivating some community supported herbalism. So definitely check out the show notes for ways that you can support the really important work. Um, we also have a little short at the end. Um, from my dear friend Liz Fitzgerald, who's been my friend for many years, and yeah, they share a little story about using plantain and yarrow in an urgent moment as well. <laughs> and yeah, I really love that this episode has brought together um, a new friend and an old friend, which is kind of how I feel about plantain itself, that there are you know, ways that I feel really familiar with this plant, like it is an old friend, and also things that I'm learning newly about um, its teachings. And yeah, this episode, we go really deep with the teachings of plantain as a way of helping us to heal the poison of separation, um, which we may have uh, encountered in our dominant culture. So I really am excited for you all to hear this interview. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And before we get started, I want to share some announcements. Um, one is that um, this session of ancestral healing for white folks has just concluded, and um, I'm feeling really grateful for all of the students who gave their presence and energy and attention and vulnerability to that space. It was really beautiful and powerful healing and learning space. And another session uh, will be starting in the fall, in September, um, another cohort of Ancestral Healing for White Folks. And I encourage you to um, keep an eye out for that. And if you would like to hear about it, um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my website, selfhealherbs.com, and also follow me on Instagram um, for announcements about when registration will be open for that next uh, cohort. In addition to that, I have a new offering, which is the Ancestral Healing for White Folks Discord space, which is like an um, online community text space and also video chat space um, for folks who are, have been socialized um, as white or like have proximity to whiteness um, as a space to... Um, yeah, get support around unlearning white supremacy and also um, getting in connection with their lineages in a way that's building cultures of respect, reciprocity, and connection. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that space. I'm hoping to um, have that space also be like a creative, a collaborative space. Um, I have dreams of um, having like a zine making project with... Um, 
like a theme for the season that folks can contribute to so that we can also be creating resources for our wider communities as well around this really important learning. So the ways to get access to that are either to join my Patreon, which I really encourage you to do because it really supports me in my work and this podcast and the classes and my clinical offerings. And so as little as $5 a month is a huge support to my livelihood and to this work and um, lets you access um, this space. And then another way to um, access this space is to take the class Ancestral Healing for White Folks, which again will be a 10 class series um, starting in September of uh, 2022, the, the, the fall of this year. So that last announcement is that I will be traveling for the month of June and also July, <laughs> but I um, might make a little content in July, but June I will be taking off to travel to California so that my partner Seed and I can work in the summer camp um, that Seed directs that supports queer and trans youth. Um, they also got a grant to make a short film about their work with the camp, which is really exciting. So um, yeah, now is a great time to support me on Patreon <laughs> so that we can get some help with some gas money um, so that we can do this really exciting work and support these queer babies um, and youth. Um, in the way that they deserve. So with that, I will get to the episode. I hope you enjoy it and I'll talk to you soon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Herb at the End of the World. I am your host, Samwise Reardon, and I am so honored to have Andy Webb, who is my guest today, talking about the energy and the spirit of plantain. And Andy, or Andrea, is a place-based astro-herbalist living amongst the weeds on land, which has offered shelter, sustenance, and existence to beings without end. It is our great joy and privilege to offer holistic wellness support for human souls and the bodies they haunt with compassion and humor. She is the child of colonizers and the people erased by conquest, a storyteller obsessed with breaking through to the marrow of a thing and spreading it on warm buttered toast. Firmly rooted in the eclectic vitalist tradition, she works one-on-one -on -one with clients as well as offering community support through workshops and events. She is the mother of boys, a herder of cats, and an aspiring apocalyptic heathen. Welcome, Andy. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. I'm so glad that you are here. Thanks for being here. And I love this aspiring apocalyptic heathen. I feel like I share this <laughs> aspiration. <laughs> It's, it's definitely a very specific feeling. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, what comes up for you when, when you're evoking that? Oh, my goodness. Kind of a welcoming of restructuring. Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a desire to see collapse or destruction or like what we think of as the apocalypse, but reimagining that as a doorway to something better, you know, bringing us back to 
being human rather than like these industrialized creatures in this really unsustainable lifestyle. So, you know, while I'm as like scared of the end as <laughs> anyone else, I, I do truly like try to hold this, this feeling of like, okay, that's, I, I am not this structure. I am not this system. I am not this machine and it's okay. It's okay if we let that go. And, um, Peter Michael Bauer, I borrow the, the heathen analogy from the folks in the Celtic tradition who lived on like unfarmable land and then they weren't able to be taxed because of it. And they were the heathen. They were the ones on the heath outside of the reach of like government institutions and the Catholic church. And I was like, that's where I want to be. <laughs> like is is a right there on like the outside of it all and I just like oh that like it's I've been looking for a word to describe that feeling my entire life and it was and it's that heathen there we go and I aspire um, to continually push out <laughs> to get farther away <laughs> <laughs> yeah I resonate a lot with that and I love that you're bringing in that that history piece around like the origin of the word heathen as related to like the heath the wilderness and yeah yes. I, I resonate a lot with that I know this idea of like cataclysmic change as a as a gateway of transformation and like a door to walk mm -hmm. through um mm. yeah it reminds me a lot of like the tower card in tarot where you know the thing must come apart to be reckoned with oh before God. that we can <laughs> we can move through to the next iteration of hopefully in more alignment with our truth and with the aliveness of all beings but um, oh my gosh yes absolutely and I have Saturn and Uranus um conjunct in my birth chart like right on my ascendant which is like the astrological energetic expression of the terror tarot card of the tower tarot card wow say that seven times fast <laughs> um so that's I mean it like radiates from me and my life yeah, totally. Which, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, it, that really makes me want to ask about kind of your origins stories as like, um, as an herbalist and as someone in relationship with plants. Um, and also to ask a little bit about some of your lineages and how they, yeah, how they live and breathe through you, um, if you are willing to share that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm kind of a rootless person. Um, <laughs> I have an incredibly unique backstory. My mother is of Irish, French, you know, descent has been on this continent for many, many generations. And we can like have the names back to the European continent. Um, so there's like a lot of, and, and they, they were, they were like, these extraordinary like French aristocrats and Quakers who were really, really rebellious and, um, you know, fighting for women's rights way, way, way before that was even a thing. And, and then 
it's so we have like this really like rooted sense and I'm I'm not connected to that side of my family at all I just know like that history and then we have my father's side um, and he is from Puerto Rico he's Taino and Dominican um, and that's that's all we know um, he came to this country at some point he bought a social security card and like that's it we're not even sure like how many siblings and just it and it's fascinating to me that like that's that's all I his mother um who is from the Dominican Republic was like a witch and um very very intimidating (laughs) kind of woman I've only met a couple of times but I've definitely heard stories about so we have these like really unique people who meet and have children they move to the Midwest I was raised in Ohio and um just like oh my goodness the the lives they lived um and kind of long story short ended up separating my dad kind of disappeared back into the ether um for like 25 years <laughs> and so my mom raised my three younger brothers and I and we started out in like this low income housing projects and then when I was 13 um we joined this very conservative religious sect as a as an escape from the world that had been quite unforgiving to my mother um, and her children so we went from being in the like the projects like literally the projects and I dressed like a boy and had really really short hair and you know wanted to be a rock musician when I grew up And the next day we were wearing like long skirts and left the public school and left all media and all like modern things um, for like the next 15 years. So right in that moment, I was incredibly lost. I was, you know, 13 had had a very traumatic life and then it like dissolved out from underneath me and now we're in this like little house on the prairie episode and I was completely floundering and in every sense of the word and my mother was worried about me and also super busy being a single parent And one day we're outside um, and she like handed me a rake and she's like, just grow something, just do something. She's like, here, this little plot of land and like through it, not like too much, you know, insert like montage here. We ended up living in this like really, really old debilitated farmhouse out in the country to like be a part of this group, right? On and on and on. So we had like this land and we were like ghetto kids, you know, like we (laughs) were like 
who were suddenly little house on the prairie again. And it was exciting because we were kids, but at the same time, like, what the hell, like, what the fuck is going on? And like, now we're homeschooling. And so I'm like, just grow something here. There's your little piece of land. Just do something, do something with it. And that saved me mm. that. And I mean that in every single sense of like physical life, I was ready to leave. I was very, very, um, troubled and, and mentally unwell at that point, but like having that work. And the, the first thing I did was get a book out of the library. Like, what are all these weeds? Like, what are all these plants already here? And Yarrow was in, I think it was like Rodale's Encyclopedia of Herbs, just like everybody's first book. And it was like, you know, not a medical text at all. It's like, oh yeah, traditionally used as a wound wart, you know, like just very, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, one of the like tenants of this group we were in was not huge fans of like conventional medical care. (laughs) And which there's a lot about that, but like in a very, very real, a physical survival way, I developed relationships with these plants and turns out I fucking hate gardening, but I'm really good. Like I'm really good with weeds and like wild things and herbs and making, making things and formulating. And I kind of became that person like, Oh, you have a splinter plantain is you know, that's what we use plantain for. And, oh, I sliced my finger to the bone, cutting bread for breakfast. Oh, I'll slap some yarrow on that. My goat has an abscess, you know, like, and it, and it was very, um, very utilitarian in, incredibly like, this is a need you're filling it, you know, and I was grateful, but in a really like laboring partner, way um you know there was no aspect of like relationship to it it was just kind of like we're in this together you gotta stop this bleeding like you gotta you gotta do this so and that I don't know like I just that was my healing and it wasn't even you know oh I had some terrible health issue and I found a plant that really helped resolve the issues. It, it really wasn't even that. It was just literally the relationship that I didn't even know to call a relationship of working with these plants and learning about them. And it was the Midwest, like corn country. So there was only like seven or eight weeds <laughs> and, you know, like a really, really monoculture but that was so good. Like it hyper It's like, Oh, here we go. Yarrow. It's also good for coughs and colds. Oh, menstrual issues. Let's use yarrow plant like this, you know, cornucopia of medicine. And it like blew my mind. It gave me purpose. It offered me healing and it gave me place that I I didn't have, like, as a young child, my family struggled with homelessness. We moved several times, you know, the uprooting, my, my father was very, um, a very unsettled 
soul and very troubled. So there was a lot of trauma and a lot of drama and all of that. Um, and so, you know, there was, I didn't belong. I didn't have family. The group we were in was all about like, no, getting as far away from other people as possible. Like we're not even gonna like read the news or listen to the radio. Like it's just us here on this little piece of land. And the plants gave me just that place, belonging, purpose, um, apart from my like bloodline lineage, which I didn't really know anything about at the time. Like it, I was just literally like, it felt like this being that had been dropped down with no net, no web, just, nope, here you are in this life battle about, you know, like you're just good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And And the plants came and adopted me and we're like, no, she's, she's ours actually. Like she, she's with us. So in a lot of ways, like they are my, try not to cry. That's like, they are, they are my, my lineage, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with, with me and with us. And that's so powerful the way that you put that, that the plants are your lineage and that they adopted you. Um, Mm. There's so much connection and belonging in that um, amidst, you know, the total roiling sea of the effects of colonialism, white supremacy, capital, all the things that are like hugely destabilizing that have shaped parts of your journey. Um, And yeah, I'm really struck with that like the the like the necessity of that relationship um like forged like forged through fire you know forged by need fire you know like here you are grow something like you you gotta do it and it it makes me wonder too about your journey leaving that space and how your relationship with plantain kind of comes in in a way that is still shaped for those by those forces, but also helps like another layer transform. So, okay. I love this. I love this story, which is funny because it's one I was like really ashamed of and upset about for a long time and wouldn't share. And it's just been like recently, literally in the last few months. So, um, so there, there is a point but we have to start like here first. So in this group, I, I grew up, we moved to, a, a, to Maine, which is where I live now. Um, still, still in that same like culture. I got married. I had two children and the marriage was, was dissolving for many different reasons. And once again, I was in need. Like I was a stay-at-home mom with a sixth grade education who'd been living in a very, very, very reclusive, conservative world for 15 years and had no like, no presence in the world whatsoever. 
completely like isolated, a non-person by cultural standards. And, um, and that went so deep, like the non-personhood in like so, so many layers. And I needed a way to make money, which again, like is so inglorious, but I needed a way to make money. And I was like, I know plants. I, I know plants. And so I put an ad on Facebook that I was teaching a class on how to make, how to make a tincture. And I had never taught anything before. <laughs> I literally was this like stay at home, long dress wearing <laughs> person on the, the, the apocalypse of her life. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Come, come over. If you show up, I'll show you how I do this. And like 36 people came and I was like, oh my God, it was the most powerful moment of my life. And it was standing there and talking about how to make a tincture, which turned out to be like five minutes of a two hour lecture of how much I love these plants. <laughs> and I remember talking about plantain because I work with it I constantly. And I got like choked up as I'm talking. And I was like, if, if plantain were a person, I would marry it. Like I love this plant. I have, it has done miraculous things for me and it's always there. It's the only thing that's always there. Nothing. God itself as <laughs> having been described to me is not as faithful as this weed and I'm like having this moment of crisis in front of a bunch of strangers in my barn and but it was like I don't want to use the word romantic because that almost feels too trite but this overwhelming feeling of of acceptance and belonging and place. Like I, no, no, I know exactly where I belong. It's wherever plantain is. And this plant follows us along. Everywhere we go, it's there. This, this miraculous, beautiful medicine. Longing in a not sappy, pathetic way, but in a, you fucking need what I've got. And I'll sit, I don't care. I have eternity. I will sit here and wait for you to be ready. Energy, wanting to be in relationship with us. And that energy, that relation, that's the medicine more than its ability to draw out splinters and draw out pus and soothe the, it's that relationship. It follows us around offering us place wherever we go, wherever it is, that's the medicine, you know, that we offering us connection, offering us roots in this land that has homed and seen so many and so much and, and it's like my mind, oh my goodness, these, these aren't tools I'm using. These aren't like, these are 
our energies, they're beings and they love me and I love them and they love you guys. Oh my, like go, go find it. And you know, and we're all like crying together. It was so intense. It was so intense and it was so good. And it started this classes that ended up like paying for my divorce and paying for me to be able to like leave the situation I was in and this place and community and that I never had, I had never had or experienced. And especially particular on my father's side, which I do tend energetically towards him more um that he had never had and his people never like he doesn't know how many siblings he has and I I can't imagine going to a a land that doesn't know you and that you don't know and your ancestors aren't buried there there are no bones that know you in this place and buying a name and then living your life. And he was, he was completely displaced and, and struggled without healthy community and mental wellness for like all of that. And then, you know, it kind of gets like passed down, right? Cause that's my younger formative years was in his, his energetic echo. So I don't know, it just was this like amazing cohesive moment of like togetherness that transcends like what's happening with our human bodies and the government and boundaries and like just people to plant people to (laughs) like being to being connection which I I really like feel with with planting (laughs) Yeah, that is such a powerful story. Thank you so much for for sharing it. Like this image of you like being moved by a spirit and need to give a class that was so well attended and then had, you know, this big transmission of spirit and connection come through you. Like moving people to tears. You know, I'm just like, "Oh." Mm. I've never felt compelled to, to use this phrase before, but it's like, oh, it's like, sounds like you got like a mandate from the plants <laughs> to like step mm. into and be in this role. Like calling is like kind of the phrase that's coming to me and what a blessing that is. And also like how challenging that can be at times. Mm. So, mm. yeah, there's so much richness in in all that you just shared. And and one of the things that's really kind of (sighs) blossoming for me is this quality of relationship and connection that, that you're, Mm. you're describing and this element of like presence and patience in the plants themselves. Like when you're saying (sighs) like planting, I'm here, I'm more present than God, (laughs) like the Christian God, you know, I'm, I'm literally here and I will wait until you're ready. Like there's something Mm. in that to me that really is like speaks to, I don't know. I want to say like this element of like forgiveness or like, like, you know, there's like, you know what I mean? Like there's this like, Oh God, yes. Compassion or like openness to connection despite, you know, 
whatever, whatever. But yeah, you feel resonance with that as well? Oh, absolutely. And like, if you think about, or like how I think, which may be weird, I'm kind of weird, but you know, so plantain, right. If we're, we're thinking about like physiological biochemical action, right. It cools, it's cooling, it's demulcent, it's an astringent. So it helps to like draw out the poison of a bee sting, right. Or a wasp sting or, or even something worse. Or, you know, like if you're constipated, like you have that like hot dryness in your intestines, it can help lubricate. So, you know, we have that like image of, of plantain and, oh, this is what it's good for. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, um, which anybody who's ever attended one of my workshops knows that I've been saying that, like inviting my tongue at the same time, but energetically, you know, the poison of separateness which is so difficult sometimes because part of what makes us beautiful and and special and needed in medicine are the differences but differences are not the same as separateness right like having good boundaries and i'm different than you but but we are and we are together and wounding you is wounding me and and us and everything and it is it's that like you know, I think about like betrayal or, um, bitterness and that aching poison of being separate, being separated from source, from each other. And I, I see plantain energetically as representing the ability to extract that, you know, being able to um, preserve the differences that are good, that make us unique and needed and taking out the wound of like, I can, I can harm you because it's not me Mm. or you're over there because you're not me or withholding yourself you know, folks who think that if they can get completely into themselves, nothing will hurt them and the world won't. Right. And like, they become a splinter themselves in the, in the world that needs to be like extracted and softened and, and opened up and lubricated. And I think, you know, like when you say forgiveness and, oh, Oh, like I, I feel that so deeply and part of the work that I've done in my life is that forgiveness and not a cheap, I forgive you. It's cool. We're good. But I release you from having to pay this debt. Right. And then I'm taking me off the books too. And it's just like freedom for both people and being able to see the wounds of my father and his father and being able to see the wounds of my mother and her mothers and her fathers and say, 
God, you know what? And we're all fucked up. And I forgive us, right? Of the the bullshit. And it's only when you can get to that point that you can do something different. Hmm. You know, taking the splinter out, draining the pus is only the, the first, maybe the second step. But how are you supposed to heal? And I feel like a lot of times, and I'm like totally looking at myself right right now, self call out. It's like, oh no, this spot hurts so bad. Let's put all the comfrey on it. Let's put a big Band-Aid on it. Let's, let's pray. Let's offer something to the spirits of the land, you know? And it's like, dude, that's not going to get any better. There's a fucking thorn or <laughs> that abscess is full of pus, right? Sometimes things need to be taken out and ripped up and drained before healing can happen. And I think a lot of that, you know, is in some ways going on right now. And, and it is so painful and it is gut-wrenching. And I think we have people for the first time able to see the horror of being human, right? The human experience. And that's a fucking lot of pus. That's a... That's so much shit, right? It's really very like, messy. Yeah. Oh my, it, it, it is. And I feel like we would do so well to just like, I would, I, in my mind, like I have these visions of people sitting around like, like cross-legged in a circle around plantain plants and like energetically vomiting out their, like, their poison let it let it go so that we can heal you know like everybody wants the herbs everybody wants the energy that's going to stop the bleeding that's going to stop the vomiting that's going to stop the headache it's going to stop the diarrhea you know and there's a place for that but also we have to understand that energetically like those are serving a really important function like throw it up get it out <laughs> like your body's trying to release something. And, and that's like how I feel when I'm like scrolling Instagram or, you know, whatever, talking, talking to folks. And there's this real, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, it's super gross. Do I just let it all come out or do I try and patch it up and try and like, Oh no, that means something's wrong. And plantains like, give me the shit. Like literally I will like, I have seen plantain pull poison and pull like gross abscessed I know I keep like harvest sorry everybody it's like really <laughs> gross there's something very <laughs> visceral is. about the abscess because I've drained a cat an abscess of my cat and once you see it there's something very visceral about like that is a Whoa. lot of toxin and poison and like unwellness that just released at once. There's something very visceral oh, about that. So I get, I'm right there with you with the so powerful. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you need to and purge plantain. It. You do. And you can use plantain 
um, or, you know, work, work with plantain and it will help to heal while it's still cleaning everything out, you know, where we have some herbs that are, you know, vulnerable and they just, which is good. We need them for like hemorrhaging. Right. And so they like seal and heal and plantain's just like, I'm going to hold your hair back. <laughs> I'm patting your back. You get it up. Let <laughs> let it out. And then we'll, you know, got the cup of cold water and the cold washcloth, you know, okay, now we can clean the mess up, but you got to like, get it all out first. And I'm not going to stop you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there, and I love that there's a soothing that goes along with that energy mm-hmm. as well. It's a purgative in a really gentle way. It's not like, um, Oh, something I f- I'm forgetting the, it starts with an L it sits in the same oh, like, lo, lobelia which lobelia yeah, yeah lobelia which like is a purgative and it made me puke my guts out one time when I like I was trying to quit smoking and I used too much of it and I was like this is a purgative oh. um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's now what I that understand. means <laughs> and that was not there was nothing that soothing was... about it there but but plantain you know I was thinking about it this morning because I, I recorded a little like meditation of the month about um about plantain and um mm-hmm. I'm pulling from my grandmother's hands which is the book by Resma Menachem and he offers this meditation called the five anchors and the first step is like to soothe the spirit and it's it's a tool to to work with conflict or to work with like the arising of like mm. hard defensive energy especially in the context you know for someone in my social position when being confronted with their own racism there can be this like hard and like pushing back, you know, separation poison of white supremacy. That's like, you know, in so interwoven with all aspects of dominant culture. So one of the first steps of this meditation is like to, to be like, okay, like soothing your spirit a little bit, just to be like, okay, body, it's okay. And then to like turn towards whatever is arising and like attend it with, like curiosity and so that you kind of follow the arc of the unfolding of the emotion or, or the sensation or whatever. And it's like, Oh, my defensiveness is actually fear. And like, or my like anger is actually like sorrow, you know, or like, you know, and just not necessarily that's like every person's experience, but just that here's this opportunity and this tool to like really stay with this sensation and these feelings and kind of like the first layer of like kind of poisonous bullshit that we've been taught to, to do as a response to difficult emotion or conflict. And then kind of staying with the expression of that to be with like what's kind of underneath that and like what's kind of informing that so that we can get a little bit more in connection with what's happening for us where, and where we wanna like show up in, in our integrity and in our own healing. And so like, mm. To me, you know, it's really useful to have <laughs> that quality of like the, the the presentness, the soothing quality, and like this kind of purgative, gentle, like drawing quality up and out. Like what yes. a what a gift. Oh, I I love that. And I as someone who has been filled with poison um which I don't say lightly but I mean 
in all sincerity, that that soothing, like it has to be. That's one of like with plantain, you know, because it's like mucilaginous and it's demulcent and also astringent. So it's like, you know, energetically wet and dry. And you think about it as, you know, going in and lubricating what is hard, what is stuck so that it can draw it out. Like there's that initial, just like you said, soothing first in order for it to, you know, draw out. And I, I think of so many folks and their, their healing journey, you know, the, the instinct is to just rip that sucker out or cover it up. Like with something that's like, okay, we're just here. But, but to, you know, like in that energetic, visceral, energetic way, you really do have to sit with it first, just, you know, as, as you're describing, and I'm thinking about, you know, my healing arc, you know, I was the, the brown daughter of a queer, black looking man in the Midwest in the nineties. Like there were days he didn't go into town because our town had an active KKK chapter that was doing like a march downtown. And, you know, I sat at a different table in first grade with like the, the children of the migrant workers, because I feel more comfortable being with people of my own kind, which that's some poison like and that poison of separateness and the anger and and bitterness and unpersoning right which I think the proper word is dehumanizing but but it like taking away the person taking away that like no you belong because we're all people and we're all you know and and sitting that's a very uncomfortable and painful poison to sit with and allowing that soothing and being like okay following the feeling what what does that mean and talking to seven-year-old Andy and plantain has you know an energy been very powerful in that process Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. For me. Yeah, I want to ask about, you know, the processness of it, because I think something I'm sitting with is the ongoing quality of like drawing out poisons of the spirit and poisons of like the relational. And I'm, I'm curious if you relate with that, you know, like kind of coming back again and again and not, you know, cause one of the things I love about working with abscesses is that like most of the time, you know, you, when you work with one, you, you draw out the poison and like most of the time, like, unless it's like a really big one, like that's kind of it, you know, you one and done. Great. Great. Unless it's not. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm just reflecting on, you know, the process of working on this level of like, drawing out what doesn't serve and reintegrating and reconnecting to what Mm -hmm. connects us to our aliveness and to the earth and to each other like I guess I'm curious if you have 
any thoughts about like kind of the, the ongoing nature of pulling out the poisons of separateness? If that makes sense. I, yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. And, you know, as a bit of a preface, like I, I really <laughs> want people to know that I'm like a baby at healing. Um, I've only been out of this group for a few years and it's been very, very busy. <laughs> um, and so like, I, I'm very much in it right now, I guess is what I'm trying to express. This isn't like, oh yeah, so over the course of my long life, this, no, I'm like, right, right there. You caught me like literally halfway. Um, but the, the continualness, oh my God, it is, oh, it is, it is, it's absolutely continual. And that's why plantain is everywhere all the time, because that's how it works is that it's always, you know, as long as there are more than one human being, there will be that tension of separateness and you versus me and right like that's it's it's that way we are always going to need that soothing astringent like extractor and to like try and briefly jump into astro speak <coughs> excuse me sorry hopefully that wasn't like stupid loud um the story the story of Chiron um who was this magnificent beast of a being and a good a good a teacher a healer he taught doctors and through no fault of his own gets badly wounded in battle by his friend right it's family friendly fire and he has this wound now on his leg. And, and every, like, if you're on Instagram, like you hear, oh yeah, the, the Chiron wound. And this is the place where you heal yourself. And then you're able to offer healing to the world. And I have a little bit of a different spin on that because, you know, the story is he learned a thousand different ways to heal. And then he taught that. And it's like, yeah, a thousand times. And, and it's, we're like commodifying our healing. Like, yes do the work, do the healing. Cause someone else needs to know how you do it. Like it's this performance thing we're doing where really like, I think the story, the myth speaks to the level of patience and compassion we have to have for ourselves. I mean, a thousand times <clears throat> he has to look at his leg and say, Oh, you poor beast. <coughs> <coughs> oh you're my poor, goodness you're poor cough <laughs> which is like all of a sudden all that. I, I actually think I accidentally inhaled a piece of lilac that was <laughs> it was like super windy so so lilac is trying to murder me as I'm talking about <laughs> death by lilac what a way to go Okay. So, so here we have Chiron, like, yeah, great. The secondary outcome is that the onlookers learn something, but the point is that a thousand times he was like, all right, 
I guess we're lancing this again on himself and that's a very plantain to me anyway like I can see him packing that with plantain because anywhere he was when it started to act up plantain was there like oh okay here we go we're gonna we're gonna pack that and just that that's what it takes and so for me while I don't have a a super long time of like you know I've done therapy and the all of it everything (laughs) um for me the biggest thing is and and like having that click that I'm not trying to quote-unquote get better for anyone and that the point of our healing journeys is not so that we have something to offer even though that feels like really like oh no (laughs) that like feels feels really dangerous like right now but to have the compassion on self and that the automatic byproduct is good for everybody but it has to start with that like compassion a thousand times over and over and over and over and over again because you'll be working with an issue and you're like wow oh that broke I feel it I feel it. This, the pus is gone. This, ah. And then three days later, I see something on the news and it's like, I'd never even done anything. Like it's so full of pus. It's so full of wound. It's so triggered. It's so swollen. And thank God, you know, so, so is the remedy is is right there too. As long as, you know, we have the compassion and the, okay I guess that's what we're doing right now so let's and and putting your attention and putting your presence into that which (laughs) but still yeah I uh, (laughs) it's totally the same it's like over and over again But I, I, there's so much wisdom in what you just shared. And I think that's really so, so at the core of our, our calling in this time. Like, I don't, I hesitate to call it work because I I feel like if I orient towards it as work, then I become a little bit too like beleaguered or like kind of weighed down, but it's like really the practice, really like the weaving, you know? over and over and over again (laughs) and then this returning oh the weaving yeah because it's it's hard real real ass compassion is hard (laughs) you know so like especially in our culture towards the self you know towards ourselves is it's it really takes i i'm finding like a fair amount of practice and strength like and and sometimes it feels like shit like it feels so oh my hard God. sometimes, but that's the medicine. Like that's totally like you were saying, like totally like the coming back and again and again, a thousand times and more with this compassion, like that's like, that's like the granular nitty gritty, like quality. I think that it is going to take to really survive these times in a way that is building, you know, a strong fabric to hold the next generation is, is that, is that weaving and that practice? Oh, 
absolutely. First of all, weaving. I absolutely love that. And, and then, you know, developing a willingness to get your hands dirty with your own pus. <laughs> yeah, that's key. Is a huge part of it too, which we aren't super like adept at in this culture. Like self-care is very aesthetic and it's very, you know, like girl bossing to the sun and, you know, like that, you know, like we're in some competition with capitalism and we're in some combat, like, oh, if we just do our thing better, we'll win. Like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> in, instead of, wow, my like huge abscess back leg needs me to drain it again. Yeah. Which is, can be very un, unglamorous at times and painful and yeah, I think about like the fear as a reaction to pain and, and as a reaction to fear wow. itself, you know, as being a big part of that, especially like in these contexts of like learning how to heal social and also like interpersonal wounds of disconnection. Like I think about that a lot in my like, in mm. my relationship with, with my partner where like there's conflict and like my conditioning you know, informed by the dominant culture comes up in this way that's harming. And I have to sit with the pus of that and be like, this is the thing that's happening. And then sitting with the like, you know, the, the disgust, like, and like, and then the kind mm. of moving through mm. that to this place of self-forgiveness. And then, so I can even be open to the forgiveness, potential forgiveness of my partner. And there's something in that where like, that's where I'm personally reweaving right now is like, oh, like there is actually good, solid, you know, connection and forgiveness possible. It may not always happen. It may not always be a, like a, you know, a harm that can be repaired. And there's much more like repair that is possible than I initially thought. And like, you know, when we, when we harm, like, we're not just thrown away and we're bad and wrong forever like and that's the end and then you die and that's mm. it <laughs> like mm. you know there's oh. all this possibility for for this connection and in the same spirit of the way that this plantain is like showing up again and again like offering us the possibility of doing this work and doing this reconnection and then offering us something else you know, something other than the vision of like these disconnected, like histories and presences that we find ourselves in, but like actually like a future where we can be responsible, reciprocal, relational, like, you know, connected in a good way, in a, in a way that's rooted and also expansive. That's like what you were saying, like really honors that difference and also like honors how we're all interwoven together in a new way, you know, in a way that maybe my brain right now can't even see yet, but that we open the door right. to be able to be possible is that first step, you know, is this connection. Oh, I want to be a part of that so badly, like the pain of alienation and separateness is, I think, my biggest wound like not to get super intense but you know listening to you and it's like every cell 
in my body and every fiber of my being is like, yes, yeah, like, no, no, but that's, that's the thing. And as I go on in life, and, and like I said, I'm very, very much like in the throes, in the midst of this right now is, you know, figuring out how to be not separate. Like when we are kind of dissociated because of trauma responses or the fear or the pain of seeing. And I think, you know, plantain offers its allyship there as well as like removing the, the barriers that, that we, that we are putting up, you know, that we're trying to be separate from, for whatever reason, you know, survival at the very base of it but oh my gosh I just I love everything you just (laughs) you just said and I like I hope that for my for my children in a way that I have absolutely no idea how that's how that's going to happen it's just like you wake up in the morning and tackle the pus of the day (laughs) (laughs) day after day right yeah. Yeah. I don't know either, but I, I did want to ask you about some of your dreams for the future. You know, like I know you're just saying not all of it is clear, but like, you know, what at this point are you dreaming about? And like what what does feel alive to you on this on this journey of reconnection? Oh my gosh. So I found a journal entry from when I was like 17. <clears throat> Cause I was like an obsessive journaler. It's like the only thing I, <laughs> besides plants, I wrote um, about how someday I wanted to have a school or not even a school, but a place where people could come and learn whatever they needed to about like healing. Like I wanted to become proficient enough to be able to teach so that folks could come and they could learn what they needed to and, and bring it home. And I mean, to this day, like that, that is my dream. I, I want to have like an herbal, a community, an herbal community healing center with like, a, like apocalyptic heathen medicine, right? Like where, <laughs> and I, I have this vision that hopefully oh, we'll see if the world keeps turning um, in the next year, like in the spring doing that. And, and I want to offer, um, and I, I need help with the wording. So I want to preface this with a little bit of an apology. If my wording is not as correct as it needs to be, because I I want to say a low cost herbal education, but that that has a little bit of a hitch for me. Um, maybe accessible would be a better word, like, like extremely accessible. Um, I was teaching, like I used money I received from teaching to pay for herbal school because I couldn't afford it. You know, I was a single mom. Um, and I would love to, like, my vision is to have a building that was relatively, you know, self-sustaining um, 
where folks can come and they can learn how to be how to be in relationship with the plants, relationship with the land, and relationship with each other, like a community of healers. And um, so it would be a program where you know we do we go over body systems, we learn about techniques, but more importantly, like from the beginning, from day one, we have like acts of service. So like once a month have a free clinic. And and I don't care if all you're doing is like listening to me talk to folks who come in. And it's like, all right, go get this bottle, go get this plant. But so that like from the beginning, there's this aspect of we are doing this together for each other. This isn't about sitting and memorizing a bunch of facts about plants. Like this is, it's already started. You're coming in in the thousandth year of this, right? And so folks could come and, you know, learn herbal first aid, take them out, like have a garden where, you know, this is yarrow, bring a jar and some vodka. We'll show you how to make a tincture and how to, you know, how to do that. And then like second year um, <clears throat> students, participants, I'm not entirely sure, it, it would be, it's like, okay, where, where's your proficiency? Are you like really, really good at formulating? Awesome. Why don't you formulate stuff for our first aid clinic? You're, you're really called to working with the plants as they're growing. Why don't you plan the garden? Like, okay, you, you do that. You want to teach you're passionate about herbs and children. Like that's really caught your attention. Develop, develop a class offer it to the community for free. That's your apprenticeship, right? That's your, that's what you're giving back. That's the school. But I want it to be so deeply rooted in community that you couldn't, you couldn't take it away. And, and I want it to be also that like <clears throat> sawed off heathen, like this is our fucking birthright energy of like you you're you're a human being okay and these plants we've been doing this since the beginning welcome home welcome welcome back like the world is burning it's okay you're home. <laughs> you're you're home and and have it be this really visceral um experience that again we'll figure out how to pay the bills, but I, I want it. It's so important to me because I'm that I'm, this is the school I wanted my, my whole life or the, the project, the center, whatever you, you want to, you want to call it to be able to, um, come in and, and be a part of that and not have to worry about paying money. And it, not that I'm, oh, and I feel like I have to, I have to say this um, because I mean it and I believe it, you know, obviously folks should be paid for, for their time, for their labor, for their knowledge. Um, and I don't have any problem at all with like herb schools that you pay for, like, we're going to need money. I just feel like this is my particular niche is, and we need all of it, right? We, we need, we need all of them. So I can do the like backwoods, 
backwoods heathen school of herbal. Love it. <laughs> Community herbal medicine. <laughs> backwood yeah, heathen herb school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think. And, yeah. and the, oh, go ahead. Well, just that, you know, the, the people who will fit in will, will find us like the herbs will, they'll call them. <laughs> they, they won't be able to escape if they're supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. I really hear this, like the, the, well, the vision is beautiful and like something that I think is also so necessary. And I, yeah, I have pined for like a clinical like herbal clinical, like learning situation that was accessible for so long. Um, and I really, mm. I really want us as a community of like herbalists and also the larger community of our, like, you know, all of our communities <laughs> to have that. Cause like you were saying, like we need that. And there's a lot that we can do for, for our communities through that. Um, and I love this vision of doing it in a way that's like really interwoven with the community that you're a part of the multiple communities you're a part of, and that also is accessible. And I think this tension that, you know, you're pointing to with like, I want it to be accessible. And I also want to pay people is something that so many of my colleagues are grappling with at this point. And I think mm. as painful as it is, I think this is another site where we get to draw out some poison of capitalism, Ooh. you know, because something mm. I'm really struggling with right now that I'm, I'm as a big learning edge for me is like, okay, like I need to be more real about like what my needs are to do my work. Like, what do I actually need to do this? And, you know, will that change my clientele? Like, probably if I'm like, these are like, this is the amount of money that I actually need to do all the shit that I do. <laughs> and mm. like, mm. also what are ways that we can use community support and, you know, sliding scale or like equity scale to, to, you know, create access for folks and also to like, um, get our needs met. And like, also, you know, do, I think there is a lot that we can do within the, you know, kind of holding those two pieces and yeah. And sometimes it's just really hard to think about not being able to like serve everyone that we want to or need to. But I think what I'm really working with right now, cause I, I don't really turn people away for lack of funds, you know, in my classes, I'm like, here's my, here's the amount of money that I need. And then like, mm. here's my transparency around like what I need and what I'm asking. I'm asking people who have more to do more. And the people who are like, I, I don't have anything, but I want to participate. Like they're in, you know, like they're invited to participate. Um, so it's like, figuring out how to do that in a way that is like, um, sustainable. <laughs> I think it's something that's like, you know, on a lot of our minds right now. And for me, like those, that's something I'm wanting to do more research around in terms of like what skills other herbalists and other healers are using and like how people are approaching that. Um, because of the, the poison that I'm kind of pulling out for myself right now is that I, I, don't deserve to have enough to to live like mm. you know like I feel mm -hmm. like I've been scraping for so long 
that like right. I'm kind of used to like a scarcity model you know and there's this like fear yeah. around asking for what I really need and like I'm like okay you know like while also you know holding an awareness around like you know keeping an eye out for greed which like is important but just kind of having faith enough in myself to know like actually like asking for what's actually meeting my needs isn't greed it's not like self-absorption necessarily it's like this is what we actually need to like make it go (laughs) and oh I mean (laughs) absolutely and that's part of the 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 pause right is the need you have to bandage that leg or you're not going to be able to walk and teach and offer I mean, I, I so resonate with what you're saying and having been, I mean, like devastatingly poor as a child, um, like devastatingly and, and have that like in my, in my bones, the, like there's not enough. And that's been a huge, like a huge, just like you said, and I love the way you said that, like the poison you're pulling out. Like I, I resonate with that. And, you know, it's like, I feel like my brain is swirling all the time. It's my Aquarius in the second house with like ways to get around that, like ways, just that, like if we had the apprentices doing the clinic and, you know, making the remedies. And so like, how could we reduce this cost or have that be more sustainable? And how could we you know, could we also have chickens and sell eggs? And, you know, like, I'm so anxious to get my hands in it. Cause I'm, I am like a quirky income person. I'm very like forager, hunter gatherer income, <laughs> like my, my whole thing. And so I, I love on the one hand it is, it's, it's very, it's a big problem, but also when I really enjoy tackling, it's like a juicy wound like, like, (laughs) like, oh, I like working with that. Cause I, I do, I, I understand that so deeply and without, again, I am still learning how to speak, but the folks who need herbal knowledge, everybody does. Everybody does. I'm not trying to exclude people, but it's the people's medicine. If you're too poor to afford herbal, that's so wrong. Like that's not even a sentence that shouldn't even, they're the folks that need it the most and who are closest to the earth, right? They're the the closest, maybe not in their minds, maybe not practically, but but the need, like the earth is, is so close. It's right there. And so I can't help, but believe that if folks like, like you and, and, um, some of the folks I've listened that you've, um, interviewed, if we like show up, like the energy is there, this is what is right. And I don't mean right like in a morally, but right as an energetically aligned. That current is there. And when we're like, we're going this way to it, 
which is fucking hard because it's like <laughs> driving into the wake. But once we hit it, whoo, it's like with this, the flower essence thing that I'm doing with the grief. And I was like, I, I don't have money. I, don't have, <laughs> but I want to do this. So if you want this, I'll send it to you for free. And if you want to help pay for shipping, let me know. And every single one has been paid for by folks showing up and saying, here's 50 bucks. They just need somebody to hold their hands out and do it and, and do the thing. So I have that maybe little irrational confidence that if I get a building and I put it in my field, even if it's fucking empty and we can only be in it a few months a year because it's Maine and winter all the time, <laughs> that people are going to show up and they're going to be helped and the plants are going to show up. And as long as I'm still there, ooh, you know, moving my arms around like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit will happen. It has to, right? Like, mm -hmm. because because that's what everything wants. That's what the plants want. That's what people want. Mm -hmm. That's what the land. And, and if we can get in that stream, you know, okay, bring a loaf of bread. You, you have money for groceries. I know how to make tinctures. So like, and that's why it is, this is like this cool apocalyptic feel, but like, chickens you know i've worked for i've worked for tattoos hey i've i i can offer you to, okay done that i must need that <laughs> okay <laughs> all, all right clothing shoes grocery yeah we're i we're good this is this is gonna work so i have like this maybe naive confidence I think you have a lot about of that faith and I think that's what it takes and faith may be loaded mm -hmm. as a word because it's associations with like the church and the things but like so maybe <laughs> a better word is trust you know and that's something that I've really been mm -hmm. reflecting on is that in order for like gift economies and like you know like these systems of like kind of creating more immediate local like tangible ways of exchanging energy in my community it does require a lot of trust um and where i've really struggled is where i'm not being clear enough in naming the need so that like it's yes. it's um difficult to meet that need with the you know and so i'm overextending this energy of like trust and that's really hard on my nervous system so i'm like okay like yes your school is gonna happen like shit's gonna get in flow like life wants to live like it's gonna happen how much easier will it be when like like individually and collectively we get even more real about what our needs really are and like get mm. you know again i think that's another thing that takes a lot of practice and, like kind of coming back again and again about like okay yes. like, i need this oh i thought i needed that i tried that and like actually the need is this <laughs> and so Something that I'm kind of reflecting on too is like the flower essence of planting. I really connect to, um, to the energy of truth and like, 
and I was looking at it on my walk the other day and, you know, kind of sends up this little spike and it's like the little flowers are kind of very like tall, like tall yeah. and conical. And they have this like little, like halo of like tiny flowers that kind of come off the top. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. There was something about that, that it's like, you know, for me, you know, you can kind of get stuck in my own brain and my own, like the suffering of being human, like all of these ways in which like I can kind of get mm. disembodied, but like there's this, there's this kind of downward pulling like quality and like this kind of rootedness to truth that I feel is being offered like through connection to plants, especially to plantain. And like, you know, that's my, that's my prayer slash wish slash intention, like help me be like ever more in touch with the truth of, you know, what I need and, and what we need as a community to forge and build these connected, mm. rooted, like beautiful relationships that will, will help us thrive and help, you know, the generations after us, like ever expand our imaginations of what's possible because who knows what's coming. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I, I love that so much. This, you know, especially considering that the truth is often like kind of pussy at first. Yeah. And hard to reckon with, you know, especially mm. when it's like, when we really need this. <laughs> so, you know, this is an invitation to you. Like what, you know, how can people support your work? Like, what do you need to support this beautiful needed vision? um, in the next iteration of what you're offering? Um, yeah, getting a building, so money, um, because I've showed up at the bank with a bunch of tinctures and like little pamphlets and been like, can I have a loan? No, I didn't actually do that. But <laughs> like, they, they're not necessarily on the whole like gift economy. <laughs> train yet I don't know if you've been to a bank recently but they're like super lame about that <laughs> they're like I'm sorry you have $30 in your account <laughs> um <laughs> no so it it really would be in my like thinking would be for me to have like a sustainable life a warm place to live you know, and an ability to get food, you know, like that, that kind of thing so that I could be, so that I could be present so that I could be not worrying about, isn't that like so much. And I hear this from like healers and practitioners and folks who are trying to offer to the world. And it's really hard to do that when you're like, and I had like this huge rent. And I think about like in the villages and not that I'm wanting to be taken care of, but you know, when the, the healers were provided for so that they could do the thing so that they could grow the food, you know, or, and the, the blacksmith was able to do their thing because there was somebody baking bread. And so, um, sorry, that got a little, a little tangent tea, but you know, having a building, um, that's, that's really 
the thing that wouldn't have like rent and overhead because we have the land, we have the space, we have the, the community growing here. We're just like, we need a nest. We need a place to start. Like, all right, here's an address. Come here on this date and we're doing stuff. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. So that really does right now look, look like funds. It looks like getting getting enough money to do that totally I love the clarity of this vision like the school and like needing the space and the building to to host the school um yeah where can people send money energy to you and like how can they find out more about your work well um I'm on Instagram every light wellness um and then I have a website everylightwellness.squarespace.com because I'm fancy. Um, and they can, you know, engage, look on in horror, like whatever feels appropriate. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, right now it's, it's, it's Venmo. It, it's very, um, you know, like that. If you, this is the hard part for me. Okay. So here, here we go because I feel like this is my vision. This is what I would like to do. It means so much to me. It's really hard for me to be like, here, share this. Like, I'll talk about it until we both die and I'll be super excited. But when it comes time to like share, that's hard for me. So there's my like poison of separateness. Like, no, no, this is my thing. It's my responsibility. It's on my back. Um, but I've been thinking, which you you had mentioned about, you know, doing like a GoFundMe. And every time I start to do it, I freeze up. Mm. I haven't even, I haven't been able to because it's like, who the fuck am I? Like, why, what am I doing? So like, I, I do, I talk and I get really excited. And when it comes right down to it, I totally have that. But I do have Venmo, Every Light Wellness. Um but if folks want to just stalk me online and and watch and when the time comes if it feels good if i post something or announce a date and they want to jump in i mean like with this flower i've been overwhelmed by the outpouring of community and it's there it's fucking there so yeah that that would be my invitation is like watch and when it feels good jump join come come on we're we got this <laughs> yeah thank you so much I I so appreciate like your bravery and the vulnerability of that space and I really yeah I really resonate a lot with like how yeah, like when something really matters to us, that's when the self-doubt mm. is totally the loudest. When it's like, you know, when we really, really oh my care, God. when we're really like our, our heart and our spirit are really in line, that's when it feels so super vulnerable to to really ask for the support because you're going to get the support and then it's going to be real and then you have to do it. <laughs> and you're yeah, like, and oh no. <laughs> right? Like I'm, I'm a fucked up kid from God knows where. 
like what (laughs) yeah you know like who and I just go back the the plants know who I am right like and they know what I'm trying to do that like that is my place come full circle with the conversation like this this is my place yeah I'm like what would plantain say to that you know (sighs) just just that like any anywhere you roam I'm there and and this is home like we can take away the the barriers and the separateness and the poison of whatever came before and and be here fully and engaging with the beings in this place human or otherwise you know everyone participating in existence and you're a part of that you don't have to be separate and alone and a thorn in your own life totally because yeah capitalism wants us to believe that we need to be separate in order to like count as an individual right the cult of the individual and it's like I love how you're you're channeling and like bringing in this medicine of the spirit of plantain and being like you don't have to be separate you don't have to be set apart like you know Mm -hmm. here's here's this community of plants and beings that are really ready to support you and be interwoven with these gifts so that like the gifts can move more fluidly like between the community because that's what we need is to have that energy be able to move more fluidly to to sustain and you know let us thrive absolutely I 100% agree Well, I am so appreciative of you taking us on like this beautiful plantain journey <laughs> and, and really sharing so vulnerably and powerfully your stories and your experience and like what's real for you. There's like so much juicy truth in, in what you shared. And I just, I feel really, really appreciative of the ways that, um, you are present with me in this space and offering this gift to our communities because I think a lot of people are learning these these lessons and like working with this material right now so I think the more that we can be open and talk about it and you know try try to learn from each other the the more that we can do together even in these times so thank Mm. you oh fuck yeah or (laughs) I was thinking amen and I was like don't say amen (laughs) Yes, all of that. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, any any other last thoughts before we close? Any other things that want to come through at this time? Just so much gratitude. So, so much gratitude from the plants to you and folks like you that I have really looked up to and admired and been nourished by your work. And I, you know, trailblazing out there for misfits like me, like I, I want to so honor your presence and what you and your partner are offering and how important that is, you know, to me and I know to, to many others and I could not be more honored to be speaking with you in, in this way and having such a, a connection and a, a, a space to speak. So thank you so much for 
giving me room for my voice and my experience. It's, it's such a gift. It's my honor. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today's main interview with Andy Webb. Hi, Mamu. <laughs> um, I really encourage folks to support their work. You can head over to the I know, babe. <laughs> over to the show notes, and um, someone is very good at communicating their needs. Yeah. <laughs> head over to the show notes. Um, send Andy's Andy some um, money energy through. Venmo, check out their website and um, yeah, help us create the stream of community supported herbalism um, through the school and through these offerings. So thank you so much to Andy. And now a quick short from my friend Liz Fitzgerald, um, working with Plantain in real time. Thanks so much. Hello, my fellow herb appreciating humans. My name is Liz and I've had the privilege of um, walking alongside Samwise as a dear friend, instigator, uh, and a, a comedic companion for about 15 years. And they asked to have me share a story about the wonderful plantain. Um, so I was on the the coast um, of Big Sur or the unceded territory of the Esalen peoples. And I was out there with my sweetie and we were enjoying some beautiful views and the beautiful land there and the ocean and just, you know, feeling so light and enjoying our time. And we were out at this beautiful vista and all of a sudden I slammed my big toe into this jagged rock, you know, my bare big toe when I was wearing some sandals and just started bleeding like crazy. And we had, we were in a rental car. We had no band-aids. We had nothing. We were in the middle of nowhere, like no service, no nothing. And uh, it was pretty gnarly, but she, she, had, she had picked some plantain and yarrow earlier in our walk because we were just enjoying different plants and getting to know them. And so they promptly gathered these wonderful plants out of their pocket, chewed them up, and placed them on my big toe to stop the bleeding. Just like, just like they had been there waiting to be used for this exact purpose. Um, it was uh, very sexy and cool and like witchy. Um, she is also an herbalist and so knows these plants pretty well and knows their combined power to heal wounds and stop bleeding. And lo and behold, it works really well. Um, I don't even know if I ever put a Band-Aid on it. I think we just kept the, um, I forget what you call it. She, she's told me before kind of what you call the chewed up or like kind of masticated, oh, I wish I could remember. Um, herbs that they kind of releases all their amazing healing juices or whatever when you when you get them all ground up or chewed up and um, it just it healed pretty well it took a while it was a really deep you know it was a pretty deep injury but it stopped bleeding super quickly with the magical powers of these beautiful plants on the beautiful land 
where we were. So that is my story about plantain with the guest appearance of Yarrow. Hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to The Herb at the End of the World, a podcast created by me, Samwise Raridan, community herbalist, teacher, and organizer of the Self-Heal Herbs Mobile Free Clinic. All my offerings are freely offered and community supported. It's important to me that all my work in the free clinic and all the content I create through the podcast will always be offered without a cost barrier. If you feel nourished and inspired by these projects and want to support more people getting connected to healing and learning, please consider being a supporter on Patreon by searching for Samwise Raritan Community Herbalist. Any level you can give at is immensely appreciated as it supports me in being able to live my most joyous and authentic gift to this world. I am so grateful and so in awe of the patrons who are prioritizing imagining a new and vibrant way to care for each other in this life. If you can't give money energy in this wild time, totally understand. (laughs) And another big way you can help out the podcast is to give us a five-star rating review uh, on Apple Podcasts or other places you download your audio. That makes a really big difference in letting more people know about these projects. Thanks for listening and being a part of creating revolutionary dialogue in your own circles. I wish you joy and healing in your journeys and until next time.